0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I wanna continue on on the subject of prayer this morning because I believe it's the most important revelation we can have as children of God your relationship with God and why you should pray and how to pray because prayer is your lifeline and your hotline to God if you do not pray you are setting yourself up for failure and oftentimes we think other people should be doing the praying and uh, I don't mind praying for you but the Bible says if any man is suffering let him pray People meet me everywhere and say, Pastor, please pray for me. I say, I'll pray for you after you've prayed for yourself. Amen. So I want you now to come here quickly because we believe in prayer, okay? Uh, and we're going to pray for this baby. God's done miracles already. But we are believing God for many miracles. So she brought the baby to the house of God to be prayed for today. So stand there so we don't damage his ears so let me tell you the good report so far a doctor one of the doctors is sitting here that's delivered this baby so the prognosis and things were not positive the child didn't even have a chance of survival um, etc was on oxygen thank god you can see the baby is not on oxygen amen that's a good thing already come on god's done a miracle he's being fed with a tube so we are believing god for him to get off the tube that's the next step so pray with us in that regard then also for the pathways um of uh uh, neurological communication in the brain to be restored. So, God has already begun a miracle. So, we declare over this boy, God does not do half a work and the miracle will be complete. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bring Caleb Judah to you. You've destined him for great things and what was meant for evil, you will turn around for good. You've already seen your hand at work. You've done miracles and we know, Father, you will continue to do miracles. We speak to the brain and we say you will be normal. Every damage we cancel. In the name of Jesus, we say you will function normal, you will function in perfection, you will be highly intelligent in every area. The pathways will be restored by the grace of God, by the power of God. Your hearing will be perfect, your eyesight will be perfect, your speech will be perfect, your motoring skills will be perfect. Every part of your body is perfect. Now, Father, we speak to this digestive system and we command it to be healed supernaturally by the power of God. Coordination, Father, between the respiratory system, swallowing, etc., will be restored by the power of God. We seem perfect, we seem whole. We stand united as a church according to Matthew 18 and we say life and not death, blessing and not cursing. You have a future and a hope and you will preach the gospel and you will do great things for God. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. Hallelujah. So let's talk about why do we pray? Why pray? Because the people who don't pray are playing. Luke 11 verse 1, the Bible says, It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased that one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. They could have asked him anything, but they asked him to teach them to pray, understanding the source of the power And the impact Jesus had in his life came from his relationship with God. Now hear me carefully. I'm not knocking other ministries, but God never called you to live dependent upon somebody else's faith or somebody else's to uh, be your mediator between you and God. We thank God for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, but they are there to show us the way. They are not the way. Jesus is the way. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life, and He's the only way to God, and He came to build the bridge between you and God. He did not send a prophet to be God's mouthpiece in your life. He did not send a pastor to be a mouthpiece in your life. He sent us to equip you and to train you how to walk with god and if you walk with god you'll be part of a church and you will be submitted to godly leadership you cannot have one or the other so he teaches us and we want to talk about the subject this morning i have a lot to say i have 28 minutes so i'm gonna go and double fast forward okay so if it's too quick uh get the tape put it on fast forward or slow forward and you get double for being here this morning so he said to them when you pray, say me. No, everybody say me because Jesus is talking to you. Mm. Okay, say Ack. So he's talking to you. He said, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in my life, as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us all our sins for we also forgive. Say it again, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Come on, give Him one more praise this morning. Come on, hallelujah. So I hope you had a fantastic time with God. Somebody sent me a message. She said, Pastor, it's the first time I heard the voice of God. Amazing, on uh, uh, one of our social media platforms. She said, I spent time with God and God actually showed up. (laughs) We shouldn't be surprised by that because God's more real than any one of us. God's not some mystical creature You are crediting God's image and God wants you to have relationship with Him, to have communion with Him, to walk with Him, to know Him, to understand His ways. So that's what Christianity is all about. I mean the Apostle Paul, after all the great works he did, he said, I count everything as dung that I may, and I count it as rubbish, what was gained to me I count as loss that I may know Him. So that's the highest goal for each and every one of us, to know our Father better and more intimately because then nobody can derail you from your faith. So Matthew 6, verse 6, recapping quick. This is, but you, talking to you this morning, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door to technology. If Jesus was alive today, He would say it like that. Shut the door to technology. Because one a WhatsApp, I demonstrated it last Sunday, okay? A telephone call, uh, an email, while you're talking to God it distracts you. So when you spend time with God, put your, or your cell phone, put it out of the room. Get rid of it. Get back to paper, okay? Get back to paper. Get back to paper. This young generation, you need to fall in love with paper again. You need to read books again. You need to get, fall in love with paper again. You need to learn to write again. You are, you are good with your TikToks, and you are good with your uh, uh, all the other uh, social media platforms, but you need to shut those things. So Jesus, when you pray, shut the door to those things. Shut the door. That means you need to tell your wife, honey, I'm gonna go pray. Or you tell your husband, honey, I'm gonna pray, but you're not gonna replace the headache with a ache and cause uh, 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 a heartache for your husband, okay? You are going to take care of your husband, take care of your wife, and then you will pray and you will make prayer a priority. That doesn't mean you make your husband second priority. One of the uh, uh, guys in our church, and I love our people, I love all of you. Uh, he said to me all night, Let me say it in English. He said, I'm so tired to get into bed with John Bevere. I said, what do you mean? He said, every night my wife gets into bed, she gets into bed with John Bevere. One of his books, Angie reads uh, titles like The Fear of the Lord and uh, all these kind of things. How many of you know you don't want to read that book uh, if, if you want to be alone with your wife? Oh, come on, let's be not so, so heavenly minded. We're, not, uh, we're so spir- heavenly minded. We're not earthly good. So we still have to live this life. And in this life, we make time for prayer. And I understand, um, you know, because people can be so nitpicking on anything you say that we are not talking about you pray and the rest of the day you ignore God. We are talking about your prayer life is the foundation of the rest of the day. When you come in contact with God, you connect with God. So when you pray, you shut the door. You pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret place will reward you. One of our doctors, and I'm sure there are many of you, They pray over the theater list every time. If I was an advocate, I would pray over my clients I'm about to defend. I'll ask God for supernatural wisdom. I'll be the best defense lawyer. I'll be the best uh, sales agent. I'll be the best because I have the unfair advantage. Now, if you're a Christian, you will also be the best because we don't compete, we complete. There's enough for all of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So God says, if you pray then I will reward you publicly in your private life. God will bring the right person into your life because prayer exposes the plans of God and also the plots and the schemes of the devil against you. That's why Jesus said, deliver us from all temptation. So you need to make prayer a priority, even with your slippers on, amen? Now some of you won't know where that comic comes from. He's entitled to have slippers and people who are sick today... And if you can't afford shoes I respect that you wear slippers but if you have shoes we're taking those slippers brother so you need to make it a priority say priority come on talk to me say priority say time you need to make time for it say time number three you need a place say place and then number four you need a a, a bible a notebook a pen and a marker so you could journal and, and write down what God says. My People forget quickly what God said. You have to journal, write rise what you believe God says to you. Cause God will talk to you. You read the Bible, the scripture jumps out, out at you and you know God's talking you to you through the word or there's a prompting in your heart, an unction, an idea. We'll talk about the ways that God talked to us in days that lie ahead. So Habakkuk chapter 2, the Bible says, I will stand my watch. Again, discipline, routine, like a soldier in the army. I will stand my watch early in the morning. Those of you that come like me from a previous dispensation, the, the, when we had to stand watch, well, we had to watch and make sure we don't, didn't fall asleep. And then secondly, we had to watch for signs of the enemy. So that word watch means the same. We have to watch for signs of the enemy, intercessors. And we also have to watch for what God is doing in our world, especially with the upcoming elections. We have to pray that God will influence the elections, not that the elections will be rigged or manipulated, but that God will influence the voters. Second Chronicles 10 verse 14, because we have the power to... The church has the power, but we cannot be asleep. We have to pray. We have to watch. So Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and I will watch to see what the Lord will say to me. Literally, I will watch to see what God says within me. So when God talks to you, it's not going to be a thunderous voice from the outside. It's going to be a still small voice. Elijah, John 10:27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So let's talk about why pray? Why do we have to pray, every Christian? Why do you have to pray? Well, that would be like, why do you have to talk to your children? And why do you have to teach your children to communicate? We have to learn how to dialogue with God. That's why we do not call this a listening room. We call it the dialogue room. Because we don't just listen, we communicate, and God actually talks back to us. So number one, it helps you Develop your personal relationship with God. Jesus starts out in that prayer and He denotes God as a Father, a new dispensation. Not as a God, not as an angry God, not as a God of judgment, but as a God of mercy and grace. Now you can have a relationship. The fisherman Peter, you can have a relationship with God. You can talk to God and God will talk back to you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. The word sons there is you also, which means mature children of God are guided by the Spirit of God. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself bearing witness that we are sons and daughters of God. So when you give your life to Jesus, you have an inward desire for God. You are born of God. You are born again. And the need and your desire is to know your Father. Well, Achalia, I wish I could put that picture up. We had two terrible funerals. Both of them were equally tragic on Friday. It's terrible. Life and death is so final and so real and so terrible. Uh, not life, I mean death, okay, Uh, advocate Daniel that sat there, one of my good friends, been with me forever, that we had to um, have a service for today, uh, on Friday, and then uh, just in the chapel, uh, one of the beautiful ladies in the church, just an accident that happened on Sunday after she's been in church, etc., and tragically went to heaven like this, bam, quick, like that. that, that's just this life, it's a cycle, we are today, we're gone tomorrow. So we better make sure that we are right with God. Not that we have a religious or a, theolo- a theology, but that we actually have a relationship with God. I mean, Advocate Dan, um, he, he was one of the greatest pioneers. Uh, he was the person that helped us uh, draw up all our programs together with Dr. Louie and uh, uh, Dr. Sean and many others uh, who's traveling overseas today. And, and Dr. Keogh, uh, I mean, we used top specialists to 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 present our uh, our thing to the government, which the SACC. Everybody followed our document on safe stage-based uh, opening of churches and um, healthy, fit as a fiddle. And I stood in church actually one Sunday, and I just felt in my heart something is wrong. I turned back. I said, "Advocate Dan, uh, he didn't want to be called Advocate Dan, but I mean that I loved him. So I, I was going to say Daniel. I said, Dan. I said, What's wrong? He said, Pastor, everything is okay. I knew everything wasn't okay. And then within three months, he was gone. Just like, bam. Today you yeah, gone tomorrow. Life is a, is a vapor. Why am I saying that? Because when death comes, when disaster comes, your, your salvation is secure if you have a relationship with God. That's why the most important thing you can ever work on in your life, no matter how tragic the end is, your relationship with God, your walk with God, God should be priority. Your relationship with God should be your number one priority, amen? I was saying, Akalia, sorry. Uh, 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 but I mean, when she sees me, her eyes light up and she's like Now she calls me Atta, okay I said, okay, I like that I don't like Um. I don't like Opa I'll go for that You can call me that, that's fine, okay So I'm saying that to, say to each and every one of you I watched you with your child just now um, That special bond, there's the baby He has a baby, baby everywhere We love on our children, the Bible says We love God because He first loved us. This is a love relationship, not a religion. It's not thou shalt and thou shalt and thou shalt not. Jesus came to establish the fact this relationship is rooted in love with a God that loves you unconditionally, with a God that is merciful, with a God that is kind, with a God that is approachable, with a God that says you come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and, and grace in a time of need. But we have to approach, we have to draw closer as every child, their desire from the day they are born are for their parents. I said to my dog last night, um, Duke, the Duke. I said, Duke, I see more of God in you than most Christians. I did tell him, I talked to my dog. You can think I'm crazy, but I talk to my dog because my dog has never bitten me once. Always happy to see me, always his tail. Even if I've left him for 10 hours uh, somewhere or I travel when I'm back, Duke is the Duke. He's happy to see me. Let's just be better than dogs, man. Let's stop biting and devouring and yapping and gossiping and slandering. Let's be Christians. And I'll tell you, the gossipers and the slanderers are those who have no relationship with God. It's not possible to slander a brother or to criticize or or to, to have a problem with somebody if you have a relationship with God. So we see from the beginning, God from the beginning, it was God's plan for him to have communion with us. So God created Adam and Eve for what? For communion. Fellowship. Two fellows in one ship. Right? So even after Adam sinned, the Bible says God came in the cool of the day because they had a meeting time. And Adam heard the voice of the Lord in the garden. And the Lord said to him, where are you, Adam? Now, some of you, uh, 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 no judgment, no condemnation. Some of you said last Sunday, you shouted out your time. Can you remember what that time was? You shouted out last Sunday. Uh, One, two, three, shout that time out again, okay? One, two, three, say it. Woo! You're very quiet now. Did you forget the time so quickly? So the Lord says, I've been waiting. And you never showed up Adam where are you okay adam let's make let's make a, another arrangement today what time are we going to meet because that's what god wants communion fellowship that's what he wants more than anything else that's what the father wants you were created the bible says by him and for him not to be religious not to have a job and just live your own life. You're created for intimacy throughout the Bible. Read your Bible in Genesis after Adam's sin. Then the Bible talks about generations that came and, and, and went. And then they will say, and then there was Enoch, a man that walked with God. Or Methuselah, a man who walked with God. He, hundreds of years passed. And not one of those people that just talks about sons and daughters doesn't even give them a name. Why? Because they didn't walk with God. Then there's a man that walks with God. Then there's Noah, a man that walks with God and he finds favour in the sight of God. Then after Noah, there's an Abraham that God says, get out of your country and walk with me and be blameless and I will make your name great. I will bless you and I will do great things. Because I'll tell you something, my friend, when you walk with God, God is going to show you off. God is going to bless you. God is going to promote you. God is going to exalt you because more and more and more of God's character Character and nature is going to rub off on you so you will not be able to stay negative and down and depressed and visionless, etc. Because everything about God is spelled L I F E, Zoe life. Everything about God is power. Everything about God is love. Everything about God is peace. All your insecurities will disappear if you spend time in the presence of God. So then there's Abram, and the Bible calls Abram a friend of God. I love that. Old Testament. Then, before God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, God comes down and says, will I hide from my friend what I'm about to do? And we know the conversation. If there's 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, five righteous, God has a conversation. And then they walk away, the Bible says, they turn and they walk away from one another. Old covenant. We have a better covenant. And then there is Israel into exile. Then God comes to Moses to deliver his people. He comes down in Exodus 20 to talk to everybody and the Bible says the people stood afar off because they were afraid of God. That's why the Bible says, we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear because he that fears has not been perfected in love. 1 John chapter four doesn't understand who God is because fear has torment. People are afraid to get into the presence of God. So here comes Moses and God wants to talk to everybody. The Bible says people stood afar off. As a matter of fact, they ran 16 miles away and they said to Moses, please tell God not to talk to us. You talk to God and tell us what God says. And that's where that dispensation started. That's never how God intended it. So God gave a law book, a rule book. In the New Testament, the Bible, Jesus brings a what? A relationship book, a book that teaches you about this loving God. Oh, come on. And a book that teaches you how to walk with this loving God through a relationship that's established in love. Come on, if you love God this morning, I know you do. Won't you give Him a praise for a moment? Hallelujah. Come on, give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Come on there in Bloomington, praise Him. Cause He's worthy. Our God is worthy. We were created for Him and for His glory. Number two. Prayer helps you gain an understanding of God's loving nature. A lot of people say many things about God. It's like a lot of people say many things about me. A lot of people say many things about you. But ask my children, they'll tell you about me. People know me from a distance and they think they know me. Well, Christians are the same. They know God from a distance and they think they know God because they never spend time with Him. They don't know who He is. They have a glimpse, a perception of who God is. Well, when you spend time with somebody, you get to know the real person. That's why time in God's presence is so vital because you will find that He's a loving God. That He's a merciful God. 1 John chapter 4 says, God is love. Not God has love. God is love. And if you spend time in the presence of God, God will rub off on you and you will become love personified. The Bible says, you cannot hate your brother and love God. The Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 7 and 8, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and see what love is. 1 John chapter 4 verse 79 Bible says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's why as believers we don't fear death. I mean nobody wants to die, right? Nobody wants to die. Because it's unnatural. God never created us to die. That's why people will lie on that sick bed and they'll fight that cancer with everything that is in them because God never created us to die. God created us to live. But then when death comes, there is a victory. There is a, 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 a stepping into another dimension, stepping out of this body into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why we are not hopeless people. We can embrace death when a loved one passes away. Yes, there will be pain and there will be sorrow, but we can embrace it because we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love because fear involves torment. But perfect love casts out fear. I just turned it around. Clever people do that. You fears... Has not been made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. Hallelujah! We never decided. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna get my life right with God. Jesus loved us. Jesus touched us. Jesus saved us. Jesus washed us, and because of that, we cannot. Lo- we ca- how can we not love Him back? Oh, come on! That's how you love that girl you want to marry. That's how you love your children. You love your children into submission. God loved you. And it's the love of God that broke the power and the desire of sin over your life. When you experience the love of God, you cannot help But love God back because there's nothing like the love of God. You know what I'm talking about. And some of you have not been in God's presence. You are living absent of God's love. You need to get back in the presence of God and allow that amazing love of Jesus just to wash over you, to calm your storm, to settle your heart, to give you peace in your valley because God's love will keep you and carry you and sustain you Throughout your life, say amen in Jesus' name. Amen. We all need love, but we, we need to find love in the right place, not in the wrong places. Helephone, telephone. You don't need love out there. You need love in yeah. And only God can satisfy the void in your heart. And when you encounter God, it doesn't matter what people say, you'll experience the love of God, the peace of God, the mercy of God. That's what God says in Jeremiah chapter 9. He says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glory glory in this, that he knows me, that he understands me. Therein lies your glory. No matter how many beauty competitions you want, we're glad, but let it be for God's glory. No matter how many tests are behind your name for the Bafana or for the Springboks or for whoever, let it be for the glory of God. Your greatest, your greatest accolade is that you glory in the fact that you know Him. That word know is that you are acquainted intimately. Because people say a lot of things about God, they don't know Him. You watch Christians, how they go off on social media. Nothing of that reflects who God is. When you walk with God, you will be slow to speak and quick to listen. You will be governed by God's nature. Thank you for one amen here this morning. Let him who glory glory in this that he understands, understands and knows me, that I'm the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, That word judgment actually is justice, social justice, which is what we need in South Africa, and righteousness in the earth. For in these do I delight. We'll talk about these things more next year with the upcoming elections, who to vote for. And I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for. I'm gonna tell you what to look for. But vote you must. Say amen. Young people, are you gonna vote? Hey, you better vote. Because a no vote is a vote for somebody else. You better vote. And how am I going to vote? I'm going to go. I'm going to go in there in the anointing like, Jesus. With my pen. And I'm going to put my cross where the Lord tells me. I'm going to go there. He's going to say, no, 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 no. And then I'm through the list and I say, okay, Lord. Number three, prayer helps us find answers in life. How many of you need answers? Come on. You need answers. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, call to him. Call to me, God says, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Jeremiah 29:11 For I know the thoughts that I tend, think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace not of evil to give you a future and a hope. But yes, the condition, then you will call upon me and you will go and pray to me and listen to me. Not listen to your best friend, listen to me, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. With all your heart, so all the answers, everything you know want to know, is wrapped up in your personal relationship with Jesus. All the treasures, but they will be discovered as you see God with all your heart. That's it. Amos three verse seven: The Lord does nothing, and first, and first, unless He first reveals it to His servants, the prophet number four. Prayer gives you the strength and wisdom you need to avoid and overcome temptation. Jesus told us to pray, deliver us from temptation. The temptation to quit. The temptation to be bitter. The temptation to be discouraged. The, tempta- the temptation to curse your enemies. The temptation to sin. The temptation of whatever. Matthew 26, verse 42, 41. 41 he said to the disciples and found them sleeping. When he came to the disciples, found them sleeping, he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? No problem watching rugby. I mean, somebody, I bet you this morning that some of you watched every rugby game yesterday. Mm -hmm, 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 mm -hmm. Do you want to confess? It's okay, but put your PVR on tonight. I can see some of your eyes. You watched every rugby game yesterday and you watched the cricket. Right? So Jesus comes and says, could you not just watch one hour? One hour? Because that cricket game, as a matter of fact, all the cricket games did nothing to inspire me. Oops. I was hoping against hope. I was hoping when there was no hope. I don't want to know what some, no, let me stop right there. Um, If I know we're going to, like the bocker, bocker, go bocker. But bocker, you're not going to interfere with my relationship with God. Okay. I'm going to shout for you, but I'm actually not going to put you above my, my priority with God. So he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Your spirit man wants to pray, but your flesh is weak. Your flesh does not like praying. God loves you. If you can, get into a church and let's serve God like never. God bless you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Come on, give them a hand clap. Hallelujah. I've been saved like 40 years. Okay, it feels like I'm saved. I'm saved forever. Um, And a pastor for 37 years, my flesh still doesn't like to pray. I'm not going to lie to you. When my alarm goes off, my brain gives me a lot of reasons to stay in bed. But I have to pull myself out there and say, hey, hey, balls off, come Any birthday. Eight. Then I have to go make my coffee triple shot because I'm a night owl. So I get up early to spend time with the Lord and I, and I do it late at night, etc. But this flesh doesn't like it. Still now when I pray in the Holy Ghost, and I go, Abba, Saturi, Hele. my nonsense What do Hello? Because this mind does not understand spiritual things. The Bible says the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit of God. So Jesus says, your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak. So the flesh wants to lay in, you, you push the snooze button, then the snooze button again, then you the snooze button again. I'm not like him, will you get up like you got up on that sink, come on, just get out of bed like that. The, the, exactly The opposite, with a smile on your face like that. That's just, it's absolutely not me, I have to confess, that's not me. I wake up in the morning, it's like, only my dog would be glad to see me now, okay? And I have to wake myself up and get into the presence of God and then begin. Father, I worship you. I praise you. And I always start, like I said, with worship music and I will pray in the Holy Ghost. Always me, me, me. I always start praying in the Holy Spirit. And then my mind battles, 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 battles. Till my mind becomes quiet. Because you dethrone the mind. That controls your whole life through praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul says, pray in the spirit, pray in the understanding. You have to pray in the Holy Ghost to quieten your mind, your rushing thoughts, etc. Amen. So your spirit craves this relationship with God and your flesh is exactly opposite to that. We'll do everything in its power to keep you from spending your time in in, in God's presence. So prayer gives you the power to discern the plans of the enemy and also the power to diffuse the plans and the strategies of Satan before they manifest in your life, right? So we cannot be a sleepy Joe. We have to be wide awake at this time and we have to pray and be vigilant and see the attack against the business before it manifests and defuse the attack because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Come on, we have the power. We have to be watchful. We have to be alert. We have to be wide awake. The Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour whom resists steadfast in the faith. Come on, pray, warriors, step up your prayer. Step up your prayer in the church. Step up your prayer for your pastor, for your pastors, for your leaders. Step up your prayer. In the name of Jesus, cancel the plans of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, cancel the plans of the enemy over your business. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue risen against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You do that in the presence of God by taking your place on the highest place which is on the mountaintop, the place of prayer, where you raise your hands like Moses and the Amalekites will be defeated. I say the Amalekites will be defeated, like Joshua at at, at Jericho. The walls came down because he was a prayer. The sun stood still because he was a prayer. Like Daniel, the lion's mouth was shut because he was a prayer. I tell you, no matter what the devil planned against you, his plans will not prevail because the Lord is your defence but you have to keep your hands in the heavens and you have to pray and you have to pray and pray and pray and you will see the judgment of God upon your enemies and you will see God vindicate you say amen this morning in Jesus name hallelujah I feel the Holy Ghost in this place I tell you I feel the presence of God in this place come on give him a praise here in the name of Jesus to hell with the devil let God arise, let His enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Come on. So prayer gives you the power, the victory. Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation. So pray will keep you connected with God's grace and with God's power, the anointing. And remember, no form of evil loves prayer, because prayer destroys evil. Sin thrives in the absence of prayer. The people who are not praying will end up sinning. The people who are not praying are straying. Failing in prayer will result in failure everywhere. Scrive your line here, as more asignments than might date. So prayer subdues the flesh. And I listen. As long as you're alive, I don't know what your deal is. Maybe you like Malva pudding, this Pietro. Sometimes I have to tell Andre to tell her, get behind me. Because she makes the best Malva pudding in the world. And I've known her like for 30 years now. And every now and again, yeah, comes Andre with Malva pudding. And then I know I eat that. Tomorrow is like. I receive it as an offering like David did, and I pour it out. So please. Amen. So, I mean, you know, like, you just see that chocolate cake. Or you're a lady, and you go do grocery shopping, and you buy five slabs of chocolate, and you eat four of them before you get home. So, Lord, deliver me. Meaning, this flesh has to be subdued all the days of your life. There's not one day you're going to, I'm alive in Christ, and you're never ever going to have a, a, a thought of temptation. You'll never be discouraged again. You'll never have um, uh, feel lack of strength, energy, whatever it is. That's why we wait in God's presence, etc. It's, it's a journey. Paul talks about it. A battle for the rest of your life. But we fight from a place of victory and we fight positioned in the presence of God, which is prayer. This is our safe place. This is our habitation. This is our dwelling place. This is where we renew our strength, our visions, our dreams. You can't afford not to pray, cannot. And I have to go. But I wanna say this in closing, make it a priority. Please, the Bible says in James chapter one. It says, "Be doers of God's word, not only hearers deceiving your own selves." You know, there's something about people when they hear something, they actually and know something, they actually think they do it. So you have to get that lawn mower out. I told one of my son-in-laws the other day, the lawn is not, the grass is not going to mow itself. You're going to have to get the mower out, and you're going to have to go. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have to put in the effort. Get off the laid back chair and get into God's presence. And when you walk with this awesome God, I'll just tell you this, you'll be overawed by Him. Your respect will go to a whole nother level of who God is. Your obedience. Because people talk about God... They think it's, it's cool. There's nothing cool about talking about the man upstairs and, you know, this chap and, and all this nonsense. There's nothing cool about that. When you spend time in God's presence, you won't fear Him, but you will revere Him. You will respect Him. You will want to please Him. You will want to obey Him. You'll live sensitive in your spirit. You'll be careful at what you say because you're going to say things that you're used to saying, suddenly you're going to feel grieved in your heart. And you know, it's not pleasing to the Lord. Get back to that place. Because your life flows from here. Not your smarts, your sharps, your connections, your bribes, your sugar daddy, whatever you think is gonna get you ahead in life. Those things won't get you ahead in life, young girl. God will make a way. And I'd rather obey God and, and have the same clothes for three years and no fancy cell phone and eat mean one meal a day then have a sugar daddy that is stealing my soul and, and destroying my mind and destroying my emotions because I want the latest and the greatest and I wanna look cool. Cool for who? We wanna impress people that don't even care about us. We, they don't even care about you. Don't even care about you. The people that are your friends today, five years from now, maybe not one of them will be alive, but God is always there. Bible says, draw near to Him. You draw near to God. God's waiting for you. This week, you have an appointment with God. This week, you go and you spend time with a God who loves you more than you will ever understand and a God who wills only good things in your life. Come on, run back into the arms of this loving, amazing God that we have the privilege to call Abba. Father, will you lift your hands with me? Let's worship him as I have to go to Johannesburg. Lift your hands and just say, Abba, Father. Come on. Say, I love you, God. If you've never said it, you maybe never have heard your natural father say, I love you. Your father in the Bible says it again and again and again. He says, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. We love him because he first loved us back. Come on, lift your hands to this amazing God and love him back for a moment. Whatever is on your heart, say it to him because he is good and he's merciful and he's kind and he's righteous and he is for you. He's not against you. Receive the love that God has for you this morning and love him back. As only you can in Jesus' name.
1: Come on, family, just in a place of worship, let's just lift our hands as we close our eyes for a moment. No one walking around in the building, please. This is your opportunity. That pastor spoke about it. That on Friday we had a funeral and it was shocking to all of us because in one moment we visited him in hospital, the next we had to stand here on Friday. We have no promise of tomorrow. And the Word says in James, what would our life be tomorrow? We cannot say we will do this and this if it is not the Lord's will. But as our pastor said clearly this morning, that if we are not living in a relationship with Him, it is impossible to know the will of God. It is impossible to have the peace that only God can bring to us. It is impossible for us to walk in this communion that God has planned for all of us. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Believers praying, you can put down your hands for a moment but maybe you're standing in this place and the presence of God is all over you because it is all over in this building. Maybe you're standing there and you're becoming uneasy. Your heart is pumping at 100 miles because you're standing there and you know that you have to come back. Maybe you used to serve God but for whatever reasons you've drifted away and things has happened and you're not where you're supposed to be. Today is the day of salvation that God is calling you back. That no matter what you've done yesterday, the message you've made, He wants to turn it into a message, into a testimony, but He's waiting for you to respond to Him. Maybe you've never served Him before, but you would like to come and get to know this loving God. Maybe your picture that you have is totally wrong, but God through the Word this morning and our pastor shifted the picture that you know there's a God that is standing with arms wide open, waiting to love on you. See so if that is you, quietly. If you want to come back to God, or you want to serve Him for the first time, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand and say, please pray for me. Thank you so much for the hands that's going up. Thank you for the hands on the flank. God bless you, bless you. they on the balcony. Come on, we have no promise of tomorrow. The Word says our life is like a vapor. Come on, it's not to instill fear, but we need to understand that eternity is a reality and we have no promise. So if that is you and you have not put up your hand, put it up now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for the hands. Hands all over. Come on, you respond to God. God is calling you. There's a presence that is busy touching you. Come on, that uneasiness, you just respond to Him. You've been looking to fill it in so many areas for substance abuse, relationships. But I want to say to you, God is waiting for you because He wants to fill that void. In Jesus' name. Come on, if that is you. If you have not put up your hand, put it up now. Thank you so much for the hands all over. Amen, family. It is so amazing to see all the babies even in the front. And I want to say to you as parents and the the young children, the decision that you're making today will change your children's destiny as well. You need to realize the decision. Those that are still unborn, the destiny will be changed today because you will make a decision today that will be life-changing. And we want to encourage you, man, to come. God loves you and we love you as a church. This is what it's all about. We love you more than you can ever imagine. But we need you to allow us to be part of your journey. That in the weeks and the months to come, we're going to follow you up. We're going to phone you. We're going to be walking with you. There are many standing of you that are standing in the front with friends next to you. The fact that they took you by the hand and brought you to the front means that they love you. But you need to go do the same now in the weeks to come. That you have to go after that family of yours, that friend, that relative, and bring them as well. Because the peace that you're gonna experience after your prayer this morning is the peace that all of them are looking for. And we're gonna come now in a moment and let God come. And you're gonna come and pray and He will come into your heart and He will change your life forever. And then we're gonna take you into a room that we're gonna pray for you. Because I promise you, if you can believe in your heart, the word says, and confess of your mouth, you will be saved. So as we just put our hands on our heart for a moment, I would ask you please to close your eyes. This is a moment between you and God. And just pray after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to You today and I ask You to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that You died on the cross for all my sins and that You rose again and that You live forevermore. I thank You, Father, that from today I can be a brand new person. The old has passed and the new has come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give God a huge praise family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you
0: from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.